Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. We are fired up. We have a great show for you tonight. This is John Massengill, and I'm sitting in the studio in Austin with my buddy Les Kaiser. Yeah. But over Zoom, we have everyone a, else in the world. We, we have everyone else because <laughs> we've got Jonathan Green, who's down in New Zealand doing some rally commentating. We've got uh, Adam Andretti, uh, who's in Indy. Adam, welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And our driver guest tonight, very excited to have this gentleman back with us. He's been on the show before, but we have Sweden's Linus Lundqvist, who is a fantastic race driver, and he is fresh off his 2022 Indy Lights Championship. Linus, (laughs) welcome back to Speed City, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers for having me back. (laughs) Well, if you don't know, Linus, uh, he's a quadruple single-seater champion, clinching this year's Indy Lights, of course, and the 2020 Formula Regionals here in the United States, the F3, and then the 2018 British Formula 3 Championship and the 2016 Formula Nordic STCC crown. So uh, quite the resume, Linus, and we're really, really excited for you. And uh, we we got a lot of topics to talk with him about. Yeah, and I know Jonathan Green is your buddy, so I want to let Jonathan say hi. Hey, buddy, uh, congratulations. So happy for you. And proof, real proof, that you don't need force majeure to get a super license. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, we took a little bit of a different route, but uh, yeah, we kind of made it. <laughs> well, I've got to ask you right off the bat, quick, sorry, John. I've got go ahead. Yeah. But, um, just, just tell people, I, I met you when you were doing formula regional um and you were blasting away there but you haven't looked back i mean everything you've touched you've won so just tell our audience um your road in america and and how quickly you've risen to the top of indie lights yeah uh very quickly i would say and i don't think i really realized what what we've done in the like in the first year or two because obviously i was new to to the us and i came here in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic uh maybe got some different uh, first impressions of the us uh than uh, than what you usually get but um yeah we started off by winning the the championship my first championship in the us and then moved up to in the lights last year was competitive but didn't really manage to clinch the the title um finishing third and then Coming back this year, we um, we had a bit of pressure on our shoulders because we were the highest returning driver, being the second year driver, etc. And uh, we were able to live up to it and uh, had a pretty good year. Well, that is fantastic. And like Jonathan said, you've won everything you've put your mind to. So that is great. But let's talk a little bit about this year because... You are, how does it feel to say that though? The Indy Lights champion, man, that, that's just got to be incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. And I don't really think that it's sunken, sunk in yet completely um, because, you know, I, my cheeks still, still hurt from all the smiling that I've, <laughs> that I've done now over the last two weeks or so. Um, but it's been an incredible journey and everything's happened so fast, especially this year. I mean, I was, um, I was even close not being on the grid this year. I didn't have a deal done until like mid of January. So like a week or a month before the first race. 
So uh, just stringing a season together was was a bit of a bit of a miracle, uh, and then to to have the season that we'd had was uh, was an even bigger miracle. So um, yeah, just happy and proud of the work that we did, um, and it was very emotional uh, the last weekend at Laguna because um, we had a big gap going into Laguna, and I knew that to win the title I just had to start the race. So I kind of thought that I worked through all the emotions uh clearly i did not because as soon as i saw that checkered flag there was like just tears in my eyes and then i saw the whole team i saw my family it was uh yeah it was more than just the championship it was like the the 15 16 year journey that that took us to this to this moment that sort of came rushing through so yeah i've been uh just trying to sink it all in uh had a good couple of days in in california with my family before heading back to indianapolis so nice yeah it was special that was well so Tell us some of the stats from the season. How many races did you win this year, and uh, and and all those kinds of stats that we all want to know about? So the stats, as far as I'm aware, we had five wins, we had um, seven pole positions, we had nine podiums, uh, led the most amount of laps, uh, most pole positions, most most wins. Um, yeah, pretty, topping pretty much all that you can top. <laughs> Uh, which was good. Um, and we topped the most important thing, which were the points. Um, it was, I was not sad, but it would, would have been nice to have like a hundred points to second. Uh, now it was like 93, whatever it was. Uh, but it was still good enough for us. Racers are never satisfied. (laughs) No, that's it. That's it. Well, I know that, um, we're going to talk about the, uh, the the super license discussion here in the next segment, and you get to stay with us through that segment. I'll, we're going to jump to all that, but but Linus, I, I mean, this Indy Lights path that you chose, I mean, you could have chosen other paths, right? I mean, you were on, uh, you know, you were in, you weren't in the the USF ladder. First of all, you were in the USF four or F three, the FR Americas, and were you thinking that you would go the Formula One path, maybe go to Europe rather than go the Indy path? I mean that that was the plan from from the very beginning. Obviously, growing up in Europe and, and racing in Europe and, and karting, that was kind of the target that we had. Um, and I did British F four, British F three, and then the Euro F three, Euro Formula Championship, um, and we did well. I mean, we won the, the British F three Championship and had a pretty good season in, in Euro Formula, uh, but we just didn't have the the funding and the budget to go to any further than that. Um, and then I was looking at every kind of option that I had. And then um, obviously I heard about the scholarships that, that you guys over have over here in, in the US, which was very interesting to me. Um, so on a last minute deal, um, I, I was able to um, to do the, the FR championship and I didn't have a, a budget to do the full year. I was able to do half of it. And then we won the first eight races. And then yeah. I got a little bit of money from back home. And when, then with the help from the team, they said, yeah, all right, let's continue this, see where it goes. <laughs> and then we won the, the championship. I got the scholarship to do in the lights last year. Um, and then with the results that we had last year, we was able to string together a season this year as well. So, yeah, it's um, I say that now that never, ever in my career have I had a deal done before Christmas. And I'm hoping that I can change it for this year. Uh, would be nice to go into the holidays with a little bit more secure ground. I know what I'm doing next year, but we'll see. Linus, just explain to our audience, because obviously the route to Formula One, and you are now qualified, um, is, 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 is somewhat complicated to people and they don't necessarily understand. But the point is, America, and when I look down the list of Indy Lights drivers, you know, the top three, well, Brabham is an American, but he's an Australian, really. Hunter McElroy is a New Zealander and you're from Sweden. I mean, the opportunity to win, just talk about what Honda have given you as a European driver that you couldn't get having won the prestigious F3 championship in Britain? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the way that the American racing scene does does racing or the junior series, I would say. That's the biggest difference because from anything that I won back back home in, in Scandinavia or, or the UK, you won the title, but you never got anything for it more than the, obviously, the, the glory and, and, and the prestigious from it. Um, but over here in the US, you have the, the road to Indy and then you had the F bar. And that's when when Honda announced that they supported that series and got their scholarship. 
which was very interesting to me because obviously Honda and HPD is a brand that you wouldn't mind having a connection with. Um, and that they were able to put money towards um, uh, a year in, in Indy Lights. And without that, that support from Honda, I wouldn't be where I am today. So uh, that was, you know, 98% of the reason why we, why we chose to go here to the U.S. Because we, we thought that, hey, if, if I can win this championship, then we might have a chance go, going forward. Hey, Adam Andretti, what, what's, uh, when's the first time you remember seeing Linus Linquist's name in racing? It, it was right then in, in the F4 um, series here over here. So absolutely. And I mean, he springs right to the top and uh, obviously one of one of the premier talents. And uh, I think my Uncle Mario has always said it best when talked about American and Formula One and and why we see so much international talent in IndyCars, because America is just unique in the open wheel racing scene. And that IndyCar is such a viable series. You have the biggest race in the world, arguably. With the Indianapolis 500, which is a target really for everybody as in the world, as we've seen, obviously, the interest from Formula One drivers with Fernando Alonso here lately and NASCAR drivers alike. And so that's like still the biggest race in the world to, to win. And that's part of the IndyCar series. That is the the, the crown jewel of the IndyCar series. So uh, it attracts amazing international talent like we have in, in, in Linus. So. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we all saw him burst onto the scene. You know, everyone, everyone doesn't, nobody discounts the talent, but that's where we need the barrier broken in the sport. We need, we need corporate America. We need corporate world to understand talent more than, than just the presentation. Uh, we can train, uh, somebody how to, pre how to present themselves and, and to be better. And, and like Linus does an, an amazing job of doing that for himself. So. Uh, it's important to to get that, you know, and and to show showcase that. So, uh, and he does an awesome job. So, I think his his future is certainly bright in the sport. We're going to see a lot more of him, and and we're all super excited about it. So, congratulations to the championship and in the lights. It's no joke. You beat two Andretti Autosport cars, I and mean, those are a couple of Goliaths there. I know that to the <laughs> to the win that deal, and um, you did it in in absolute dominant fashion. Something to certainly be proud of, and. Uh, you know, I, from what I understand, those cars are so difficult to drive anymore. And, and it's really matched what the big cars are like. So when that jump happens for you, uh, we're expecting exactly what uh, you're expecting out of yourself, young man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Uh, there's a comment on YouTube that I wanted to read. It's uh, from Wesman. He says, I first saw Linus, uh, Linus race in British F4, was convinced he was headed to Formula One. I think his career is a prime example of how even an extremely talented driver is ignored if his wallet isn't big enough. I, I think uh, I think that's uh, yeah. something that we can all agree with. And so, so, Linus, you talked about having wanting to have something set before Christmas. What do you think? What are the possibilities? I mean, have you got any? Uh, have you got any nibbles there? Oh, I got breaking news uh, to to tell you here right now, live. Awesome. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how to tease I a broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I think you had us all right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <you're> like... <laughs> yeah no. Sadly, um, I don't have anything to uh, to tell you. Uh, I wish I could though. Um, I wish I had something, but right now I don't know. The target is obviously to be in IndyCar full time next year, um, but. As you probably have read a little bit, uh, the, the driver market and the silly season right now is crazy. Um, never seen anything like it, at least this early of a year. So, um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I do think that we have a shot at, at being on the grid next year, um, but a little bit too early right now. Well, I think that uh, you're, you're going to have plenty of attention on you after oh, yeah. this incredible dominant year like Adam just said. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get a quick break in. And when we come back, we're going to talk super license. Because nobody is, right? Because now. it couldn't be sillier than what's going on right now. So stick with us, and we'll be back after these. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built, Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. 
online at PucattiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We've got Linus Lundquist and Adam Andretti joining us this evening. Jonathan, you had something else for Linus you wanted to ask? Yeah, I just, I mean, we're just about to talk super licenses, and I kind of want to talk about the irony uh, of the fact that Linus is now qualified for Formula One, which was his dream growing up as a kid. Uh, and yet we're going to discuss Colton Herter, who is trying by force majeure and rightly or wrongly is not able to go to Formula One. I, I just wonder, you know, how wrong this all is. And I I don't disagree with Linus. Indy has to be the next step for him. And I mean, God, with him and Ericsson, I mean, they'll never buy a drink again in Sweden. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know. But doesn't do you see the irony, Linus? And and would you, if the opportunity arose, let's say Andretti Autosport did get their their, their go, would you be knocking on Michael's door for a possibility? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, uh, I don't think, or I know that I'm not at at the top of anybody's list and to do Formula One at the moment. Uh, but if sometime in the future it would open up a possibility, then hell yeah, uh, it would be a great great thing. And I think it is good to see that, you know, because if you look back, I don't know, maybe five or 10 years ago, there weren't even talks about IndyCar drivers heading over to to F1 as it is right now. When you had the the Pato doing the testing, Palo obviously doing testing, you've got Colton obviously heavily rumored and doing some running. So I think this whole thing is a good thing for, for America and, and IndyCar, but obviously they need to sort out whatever the, the license thing is right now because it's it's a mess. I think the one thing that everyone will agree on is that, at least everyone on this call, is that IndyCar is underrepresented in the super license point system because it just, it doesn't make sense at all to me. I mean, the the, the way that, it, that, that they've structured it with IndyCar getting less points than I'm looking at it right now. So if mm-hmm. you finish 
third in IndyCar, you get half the points of Formula Two. So uh, that doesn't make sense at all to me. I mean, to me, if you had both of those on equal footing, that would make sense. And there's been some really good discussions and there's been some amazing quotes. I want to start with Graham Rahal's tweet because he had, he had, he's not very opinionated. He had the most vociferous, yeah. I would that was say. A beautiful tweet. It was, it was. He was quoting Dave Moody and Dave Moody said, F1 made it clear for many years. They have no interest in U.S. drivers, just U.S. dollars. And then Graham Rahal says, Damn right, F1 is an elitist sport. They don't want us. Remember that. They want U.S. companies' money. They want wealthy individuals' money, but they don't care about the rest. Always has been that way, always will be. So, gentlemen, um, well, let me start with you, Adam Andretti. <laughs> you already said you, what your thought, but follow up on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, same thing that Lena said. It, it's a broken system. It's broken really across the board. I think IndyCar does actually a rather good job, right? If I want to drive in the Indianapolis 500, I don't have IndyCar experience. They have a rookie orientation program, which you're going to go through. And then they're going to give you an opportunity to then qualify for the biggest race in the world. And so then you need to be fit for that, right? Obviously. So, uh, but, uh, you know, at this top level that we see in Formula One, you know, Colton Herta is, of course, worthy. There's not a driver, I would believe, on the Formula One grid, IndyCar grid, or any grid in any motorsport that would say Colton Herta is not worthy. And all you have to look is any further than what's in the grid that he shares a grid with. Marcus Erickson. Romain Grosjean, two super license holders, he handily, routinely hands them their lunch you know, on an <laughs> IndyCar weekend. So the guy is, is, and I think, you know, Zach Brown said it really well when he said three quarters of that IndyCar field is worthy of Formula One. And it goes to your point, John, it is exactly that, is it's underrated. Formula, uh, you know, FIA uh, looks down on IndyCar and it's just, it's a darn shame. And uh, they do one of the best jobs of attracting talent. We see it through and through. We see it in their in their farm system. We, we had, uh, you know, with Linus and and the entire field there. Matty Brabham, another amazing talent, and Stingray Rob. I mean, all these cat, cats coming through. So, really, really good stuff coming into IndyCar. So, why isn't it held at the respect level? And I mean, NASCAR has the same problem. You know, NASCAR will turn you down and and not give you an opportunity. I fell victim of that for the Daytona 500 this year. So. Uh, there's a lot of they, they miss out on a lot of great talent, uh, a lot of great marketing dollars, a lot of great attention, all to stick to their guns on a system that's honestly broken. Mm. Yeah, I, it does not make sense. I think no one, uh, including Zach Brown, because here's a quote from Zach Brown uh, that was just a couple of days. Actually, I think it was yesterday when this is on motorsport.com, but Mac, um, Zach Brown, McLaren CEO, said, that the FIA super license need to be reviewed in the wake of Colton's struggles, saying that under the current system, world champions Max Verstappen and Kimi Raikkonen would not have gotten one either. And Jonathan, yeah, correct. you and I talked about this earlier today, and you talked all about what they did to get both those guys in. Well, Raikkonen was probably the best example because this is way mm -hmm. before the super licenses, but I remember distinctly the day he took a test after being the Formula Renault champion. He was a, a phenom, and, and Linus will know the history too, but, um, you know, Raikkonen was not qualified, but they wanted him, the team wanted, the, the team in Formula One wanted him, so they gave him a special test before the British Grand Prix, uh, and Michael Schumacher and all these guys were there to basically see if he was if they would, they basically asked the Formula One drivers if they were felt safe enough to race with this youngster of 18. And he did the test. They all said yes. And the rest is history. Wow. And that worked out pretty good. <laughs> He's going to do okay. <laughs> I mean, look, look, let's face it. The, the rules are there for a reason. Yeah. And if IndyCar were weighted differently, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. But speaking of all that, now we're going to go to a quote from Alexander Rossi. Because, <laughs> yeah, everybody's Oops. all these. That's another good one. That's this another is another good, good one. one. So here's Alexander Rossi's tweet. He said, I kept my mouth shut long enough. So here goes. I'm sick and tired of this back and forth regarding super license points. The whole premise of it was to keep people from buying their way into Formula One and allowing talent to be the motivating factor. That's great. We all agree. Colton has the talent and capability to be in F1. That's also great that he should get that opportunity if it's offered to him. Period. 
Motorsport mm-hmm. still remains as the most high-profile sport in the world where money can outweigh talent. What is disappointing, and in my opinion, the fundamental problem is that the sport mm-hmm. element is so often took a backseat to the business side that there had to be a method put in place in order for certain teams to stop taking drivers solely based on their financial backing. Ultimately, these past decisions, whether out of greed or necessity, is what cost Colton the opportunity to make the decision for himself as if he wanted to as as to with here whether he wanted to alter career paths and race in Formula One, not points on a license. Uh Linus, what do you think of Alexander Rossi's comments? I couldn't agree more. I think he uh he hits the the head on the nail. Uh, whatever the expression um because i i agree 100 percent. i think you got a question like why the system was put in place and then yep. see that obviously yeah it was put in place like rossi says that it wants to develop talent and and sort of promote them instead of people having money and buying yourself a team without the results and right now it's just blocking talents i mean it's a perfect example let's put it this way when i won the fr championship i got 18 super license points I won the Indy Lights. I got 15. So <laughs> yeah. from the FIA's standpoint, yeah. the FR championship is rated higher than Indy Lights, which is a feeder series to Indy Lights. So it, it just doesn't make sense. And right. it's not it's not only IndyCar. I mean, you look at like Super Formula, for example, as well. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit broken. And I can see why F1 is promoting, obviously, FIF3 and F2 because they want drivers coming that way. But that doesn't mean that they, you should shut out uh, drivers uh, from other series, especially, you know, people that really deserve it. It's people, you know, drivers like Colton or, or someone like that. You know, one but thing is just to jump in there, just to jump in there. The champion of F2 hasn't got a sniff. He's got a, He's got an offer of a, of a reserve driver. So what's the point? Yeah, great question. Great question. Um, and that's, I think I've seen that kind of, the argument as well. That's kind of one of the arguments of not having you know, drivers from, from IndyCar or whatever joining F1 where you don't have an F2 champion with a ride. Like Piastri last year never got a ride. Drogovic this year, it's looking tough for him to find a ride. So, um, but still, that's that's not a reason for Colton not to race. But the oh, question yeah. is, is he is he good enough to race in F1? The answer is yes. Therefore, he should um, you know, if there's something in the way of that, there's a broken system, in my opinion. And just right. the fact that I'm sitting here with more super license points that he does tells you that hey, something's a little bit wrong. Yeah, good point. Hey, what about the W series? I know Jamie Chadwick's going to test in Sebring, I think, on Wednesday. Right. And for Andretti. For Andretti, yeah. And and I'm thinking about the points. So she's clearly, I mean, she hasn't got it mathematically wrapped up yet, but she's probably going to wrap up another season. She's going to get 15 points. And I, I, you know, that doesn't feel right to me. And I love the idea of women in motorsports. I absolutely love it. And I think Jamie right. Chadwick is a very special driver, but I, I don't know if that feels right to me right now. And I don't know. What, what do you, what do you guys think? Anybody, anybody want to jump in on that? Because I don't, I just feels, it doesn't feel right to me. I think your daughter's going to be mad at you. I but, think she might be. <laughs> but my yeah, three might too. I have an opinion on this. I, you know, but, but you're right. Uh, it, it's not about the gender. It's it, when these, these categories, like Lena said, you got to have some equal pairing in the value of every one of the racing series. And it's, it's still broke. Yeah. What about you, Adam? I mean, if there's, if there's enough of an interest in a driver, a driver has enough interest. Uh, it could go right back to where we were at with Kimi Raikkonen, you know, the example Jonathan Green made. And, and you you buy that test and you bring the drivers out, the peers, the ones that have to share the racetrack with you, that are putting the risk out there with you and let the peers decide. I mean, that that is so much of what IndyCar does with the, with the rookie orientation test. You know, it, it is put on by, you know, Johnny. These are ex-IndyCar, Johnny Rutherford, Rick Mears. These are the guys that are there. And and. And your peers are there and, and they're, they're, they sign off on this. And, and I just don't see why it's so difficult about that. Yeah, 100%. I get, I get the grand scheme of it from a 30,000 foot view to, to control, um, you know, just buying in and, and, and having your ticket to, to a seat that, that shouldn't be that easily bought. I get it. Totally get it. And, and we all are on top of that page. But uh, to, to hold this back is, I mean, I almost feel like they did it to gain this kind of traction that we're all talking about. You know, it's just, it's like, you know, we're going to go ahead and, and, and mess around with this poor kid's career and, 
and, you know, keep him on some sleepless nights, you know, but we're going to give it to him, but we're just got to get this, this fanfare out of the way. But um, nonetheless, I, I, I hope it works out for Colton. I think we all do, but I, you know, these opportunities, they, as, as Linus knows, I know they are so few and far between and for Red Bull, the brand for Alpha Tori as, as, as a race team to want to bring you in and bring you in as their star and, and to have that dangled in front of you and, and, and the licensing be, be the problem. My, my father, Aldo, his career was ended by licensing. It wasn't desire to not race. It wasn't anything other than he couldn't get licensed to go race anymore. And he always taught us kids the precious, how precious it is to have any racing license. And boy, is this showing it higher, better, more than ever in my whole career that I've ever seen. Wow. Well, look, guys, um, Linus told us he had about a half hour, and we are already past that. So, Man, Linus Lundquist, half hour we've had. I know, we, Linus Lundquist, we are <laughs> so excited to have had you on the show, and we are watching your career very closely. And uh, I don't think, long term, I don't think you've got a bit of problem with no worries about your motorsport career. So, Good luck with hey. all that, and and come back next time and announce that live so you can make up. Yeah, you owe us now. Teasing, that's right. You, <laughs> you owe us now. You teased us. <laughs> we want to see you before Christmas coming live to announce. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. I would like that a lot. All right, and, guys. Uh, yeah, Linus, thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on. We'll Congrats be back. Congrats and travel safe, Linus. Yeah, thanks, boys. See ya. Cheers. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely... No, uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because obviously Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City.
Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. <laughs> your, your Uncle Mario bringing us back, Adam. That's great. Yeah. I love that voice. Hey, uh, Les Cows, you had... He's got a future. He's got a license, that guy. <laughs> that that guy's still, got a super still license. Driving. He's still driving. That's right. They, call his license, they, they don't call his license a super license. This is the extraterrestrial license. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> alien license. Yeah, yeah I, the alien license. I loved uh, one of the comments I heard. Whose eight-year-old came up with the name super license? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Super Mario. I think they took that off of Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. Hey, I got a question. I want y'all to think about this. So, remember when we saw Max first hit the track? He was not a very polished driver. He had attitude. He was, you know, temperamental was on track. Yeah, he, he was fast on track, but he's, you know, some folks were saying he was reckless. Imagine if he got put into that situation to drive with his peers and rely on his peers to get him onto the grid back then. Do you really think he would have made it back then? Or would they have said, no, not yet? They would have probably said, give him another year. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. I, honestly, you just never know. Uh, you know, because you don't you don't know what he would have showcased that day. Right. Uh, would yeah. he have showcased that, that animal that he showcased us when he jumped on the grid the first time? Probably not. Uh, you know, you don't have the pressures of a, of a Formula One weekend, you know. He was a 17-year-old kid thrown onto a grid of a Formula One race. I mean, the pressures are immense. And, of course, you know, he's going to be like JoJo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. He's going to be all hyper and 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 jumping at the gun there. So um, I, I think that that's more of it than anything is is that I don't I don't think that his peers would have – I think it would have always come down to that day and that test. But, you know, Jensen Button went through something very similar. It was just much more under the radar with yeah. Jensen Button. But uh, his, he went from his, Formula Three at Macau straight to yeah. Formula Williams. Yeah, and and that was off a test. He got a test at Williams. His dad was able to come up with the money for him to get that test at Williams, and the rest is history. There, he became a you know the the next British Formula One world champion and uh, a fantastic ambassador for the sport. So you just you, you, it scares you on the talent that you miss out on on a system like this. It really is just absolutely scary to me because the sport has amazing talent and when it's going to have the marketing dollars behind it, that's what we're always arguing about. And, you know, the, he, the, one of the largest drink brands in the world, Red Bull, wants this kid and, and the FIA's in the way. Hey, what you guys were talking about reminded me, how about, speaking of drivers jumping in, how about Nick DeVries last oh, week? Was that awesome. just, wasn't that incredible to see how well. Is he, he still in the car? <laughs> Oh, oh, he was awesome. I mean, jumping he, in, he, he was having coffee. Out. He was having coffee 30 minutes before FP3, right? Yeah. And yes. and they, they said, hey, uh, by the way, we need you because. Come down here. <laughs> yeah. Get your kit. Yeah. No, not he that one. Part of the weekend after the Grand Prix. My shoulders are dead. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't get out of the car. He couldn't even yeah. get they out of the car. Physically helped lift him out of the car through that. Uh, he was struggling to get the belt undone. Yeah. And one of the crew members came over, reached down, started unstrapping him, getting him unhooked. And like, okay, there you go. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> he raised his hand. You don't understand. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, uh, we just had a comment on YouTube, and it won't surprise you who. Jonathan and I were having a conversation about an hour ago, and either this person was tapping into our conversation because he's, it's Paul Bryan. He's, he oh, he's said, always on Yeah. It. He said, uh, he said, uh, where is he? Said, said, where is George Silberman and why is George Silberman visible in all of this instead of fighting for Herda? That's exactly, Paul, that's exactly what we were saying. And in fact, I emailed the phone number. I dug up his phone number. We're going to try to reach out to him. And if you don't know who he is, Jonathan, you want to let everybody know who Mr. George yeah, Silberman I mean is? Behind the scenes, everybody's talking about Suleiman, and he even came on our show accidentally last week, who is the head, the president of the FIA, and that is the face of the FIA. Oh, you mean, you but mean, um, scene, not Silberman, but um, Salim. Ben Suleiman. Yeah. Ben Suleiman. Sorry, the, uh, yeah, the president. Yeah. But behind him are two Americans. One, a lady who's just become CEO. Her yep. name is Robson or Rob, Rob, Robin. Yep. And uh, she has just become the first CEO of the entire FIA. Big, big uh, change there. And Silberman, who you mentioned, is based in Daytona and he is uh, took over from Nick Craw as the head of the FIA USA delegate. Exactly. And wow. 
So here's another comment on this comment came in either the Alexander Rossi tweet or or the uh, uh, one of the other guys, maybe it was Zach Browns. But anyway, this comment he said, and and I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't praise this any better. So I'm going to read what this guy. He said, if if uh, if they really wanted American to have a driver in F1, Liberty Media would have worked with the FIA to change the faulty super license rule several years ago already. Yep. And yeah. this is a guy called the cycling investor. I'll give him credit on Twitter because that's spot on guys. Yeah. Why, you know, it's not like those IndyCar points have been wrong for years and we yeah. all agree that they're wrong. So, uh, why well, hasn't, let me been? give you another example. You can see my backdrop. I'm here at the FIA world rally championship and it's the round for New Zealand. It's the first time in 12 years that they've had a rally and no surprise that Hayden Patton, uh, Hayden Patton, their top driver from New Zealand, will be in the World Rally. He's not currently a, he was in the World Rally before, but he's going to be in the, you know, the the secondary class, um, but could have a real good chance of going well in the overall rally. But that just makes sense by the FIA to make sure that, you know, if there were a problem, he, I mean, he's got a legitimate entry, but my point is, you're absolutely right. There's three Grand Prix in the USA next year. They should be working together to get the best bang for your buck. That's just good business. Yeah, I don't know Silverman. I've never met him. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen his name that I remember. But, I mean, I don't even know for sure. But I think this would be, like, way high up on his list of Probably. duties yeah. is to make sure that Americans get the best shot they can in the FIA system. Because IndyCar is is a part of the FIA through that other organization, Jonathan, one of those USASC. It's not USAC, it's... Yeah, I, I looked it up earlier, but um, but IndyCar is a part of it. And so, but yeah. it's 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 like an affiliate. So it's it's the point is that they don't have proper representation because this number that I'm looking at on Wikipedia, which I have not found a better source for the FIA super license point, that is just so wrong, it's... It makes you angry looking at the level of points that they get versus some of these other series. So what is this guy, you know, he needs, somebody needs to say, if you're not doing this, if it's not your role to do this, whose role is it? Because this needs to be fixed. Yeah. Hey, John. Colton, should, Colton shouldn't have had to seal his fate by winning an IndyCar championship. That shouldn't have to seal your fate. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got the experience. He's got the wins. Yeah. 10 wins. Uh, you know, that stuff should have racked up and, and he should be far exceeding it. You know, like, you know, again, our, our guest earlier, Linus was saying, it just doesn't make sense to him that he's sitting there with, you know, 13 more points than, than a Colton Herta. And he's never even sat in IndyCar. It just doesn't make sense. There's logic, right? We, we got, there's, there's that word logic that has to come in to affect when all this is going on. So I agree with you. Obviously we, I think we all agree. And we could agree to the till our we're blue in the face that it just needs to be reworked and it should be the top priority of the FIA to figure out the balance. There needs to be a balance there. It can't just be one or or the other. There there could be a, a balance between the two and all parties could be happy. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Jonathan? Well, yeah, I just wanted to correct myself, uh, or I didn't remember her name, but it was Natalie Robin, who has just become the first ever chief executive officer in the history of the FIA. She is an American. She's been working with Volvo and Nissan and Daimler Chrysler and so on. Um, but it's both a really good uh, idea because it, it was way too kind of dictator-like for having just a president. Now with the CAO, a CEO, Bin Suleiman, um, can have now somebody to bounce off from a different part of the world. She's also a female. I like that. Uh, and, and on the subject of females, I wanted to finish up with Chadwick because me and And uh, Adam were at Watkins Glen last week, and I had a chat with both a friend of both of ours, um, Pippa Mann, who was racing. And albeit well that uh, we can debate about women's motorsport, she said it all when I said, "How do you how do you think of Chad? You know, what do you think of Chadwick's opportunities at Andretti?" as an indie lights and instead of answering the question she said i think the whole thing is an absolute outrage and a mess why are we spending millions of dollars on the w series when that money could be put into indie lights drives um f3 drives and and women rather than a million dollar championship um that actually makes it you know kind of like 
they can't race with the men kind of thing. And so that's Pippa's wow. uh, multiple 500 entry. You know, she, she's been, she's one of the top proponents for women in American motorsport. And I'm sure Adam will probably, I don't know, have something to say or agree or disagree with me. Well, absolutely. I, I, I've said that to those that are on the outside looking in for years. I'm like, the, the women in our sport do not want to be treated differently. They want to be treated as racers. We are all racers. That is the common word that describes us all. Pippa Man is a racer. She doesn't want, you don't need to hold her as a woman driver. She's a racer. She comes out there to compete and race at the same level we all race at and the car that we're all racing on, the tires that we're racing on, the conditions that we're racing in. That's what makes it one of the best sports in the world. It's viable for absolutely anybody. It's the only sport in the world where we actually we, we actually adjust the equipment so that handicapped people can compete at the, at the level, you know, no other sport adjusts their sport or not even adjust that has the opportunity to adjust a part of their sport to let it be all inclusive. So I can agree with Pippa Moore. I, I, I think it's an insult to the, to the female drivers to say, yeah, you got to come up through a different rank. You can't come up to the same ranks because you don't hold the same level. That is absolute just just baloney it's it's a cop-out so uh i I love pippa that she's got that voice i love that she's not afraid to speak that voice uh on behalf of of the other female athletes because it's it's very important that they have that and uh because i've argued it for a long time there was a reality show that wanted to come to fruition and it was all about finding a female and i'm like no we got to find the best driver and if that driver ends up being a female so be it but you can't make it just target on the female because it honestly turns off that audience. Uh, the female athlete does not want to be held in that regard, especially in our sport of auto racing. They've come way too far. They've done way too much. Uh, amazing, amazing. Just figures here in the United States with the Janet Guthrie's, the Shirley Muldowney's, the Lynn St. James, the Danica Patrick's. I mean, uh, and then the, what, what's that created internationally with the Pippa Mans and uh, Simona de Silvestra, all these names, they're fantastic. So uh, encouraging those, fostering those talents, putting the money where that should be, couldn't agree more. Yeah, wasn't that the fundamental argument at the very, before the W Series even right. launched, it was like, there was lots of women vocal on what basically what Jonathan and, and Adam were just saying, and Pippa, that this is not the way. This is not the best way to, to spend the money and all that. So uh, this is... This is not an easy. I mean, they've got all this momentum now, right? So I don't know how they. And, and I agree change with. It. I agree with it, though. I also see that okay, you put all that money to get women into seats, you know, without the W series, and they don't get the exposure. And so I kind of feel like the W series is giving them some exposure, but it it's kind of a discounted, you know, discounted compliment, if you will in their racing well uh, they earned everything yes it should be equal we still have social things you know against seeing that or behaving that way but i think it still brought good exposure to a large population of lady drivers who probably wouldn't get it even if this money was spent without the could w be series. because they got you know there how many formula one races are they doing you know including here in austin right so there has been uh, a lot of exposure there too so all right gentlemen we got to get one more break in when we come back we're gonna get a uh, little two-wheel action discussion going on because it was uh, some yeah. interesting stuff in moto gp today listen to the sunday night with speed city back after these messages Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. 
VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. See, even Max Verstappen listens to Speed City. All the cool kids. All, all of the cool kids. <laughs> fast, the fast cool kids. Fast cool kids. Hey, we got a funny comment on uh, YouTube. Ray says he's heading to Texas this week for the NASCAR race. He's going to show his support for the Bucky's F1 team. <laughs> Ball howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gotta love it. Uh, Andy P just popped in. He says, awesome discussion on the whole system. It's going to take pressure from other drivers to affect any real change. Interesting. Just like Adam, Adam Andretti. Unfortunate that all involved want to uh, be short-sighted here. Discussions like this help. I hope so, Andy. I hope somebody's listening and, uh, and we are going to try to get, uh, Mr. George Silberman, uh, on either this show or our, um, uh, Formula One shows. Uh, let's see. Oh, I wanted to talk before we go to MotoGP. I, I have to talk a little bit about the Andretti Formula One effort that we've all been hoping for for months now. And I don't know about all of you guys, but as soon as I heard that the deal had fallen apart with Porsche and Red Bull, I I swear before I finished reading the sentence, my first thought was Andretti Porsche F1 team, the marriage made in heaven. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, I know I know the Andretti Global team has already there's already been some strong rumors about the Renault power unit, but man, that would be uh, awesome. And, and and Jonathan, I want you to tell me what you think of that, and also give us refresh us on your theory about the possible Andretti uh, F1. And of course, Adam's being uh, appropriately quiet because he can't there's only so much he can say i'm sure well, i'll tell you one thing adam can say and he'll back this up uh he'll tell you about michael's acumen business acumen um after this because that's what i think's been missed in all of this frankly and adam i'm sure can talk to that um but what i my theory was this france uh, um helmet marco wanted her to Herta belongs to andretti autosport at the moment and he is a hot property we all know this to be so so, solve the problem. Red Bull at Gullet solving problems. They have a second team. It's called AlphaTauri. Well, yes, it's a Red Bull team, but why wouldn't it be an Andretti team? And why, given that the deal fell through with Porsche, what, and that both the two companies I'm talking about uh, use a Honda engine, i.e. Michael uses Honda and um, uh, AlphaTauri uses Honda, even though they're not necessarily labeled or factory entries that way, but they are the best. Uh, engine in Formula One. Michael has announced he has a deal with Renault, but we all know deals can be squashed. So what about um, uh, Dietrich? Mike, <laughs> I can never say his name, but how about he, uh, Red Bull sell the AlphaTauri team to uh, Andretti? And there isn't an 11th franchise. There's still 10, so they can all shut up and Wolf, Toto Wolf can go home. He'll still have Porsche in Formula <laughs> One. Um, because um, they'll stick around because the deal didn't work as a 50-50. Um, so basically, Adam, uh, well, not Adam, Michael Andretti, <laughs> Andretti Autosport, Mario at the Monza Grand Prix, AlphaTauri, Andretti Autosport with Honda engines for three years and in 2026, Porsche. Hmm. I, I think I absolutely love that idea. What do you think, Adam? I don't think... I don't think anyone would dispute it, you know, that the the logic of that and the brilliance of Jonathan Green when it comes to that discussion. Oh, dang. So, uh, but but yeah, it's it's um, you know, there's so much, so many moving parts, but it's that would be magic. I think it would be a, a beautiful marriage and but just and um well, but, Adam, uh, talk you know, about Michael for a second. Michael's that you know, I was just getting ready to that, Jonathan. Yeah, and I mean it, it's a hundred percent true. That's where that's where I would say Michael gets underrated by most is, is his business acumen is very strong. It's on the highest level. And, uh, he, you know, he's been, um, this wasn't a like spur of the moment thing that he just wanted to become an owner when his career was over. 
as he was racing and throughout his entire racing career, and this was my brother, John, I had no idea. My brother, John was the one that enlightened me to this, but uh, because they grew up together and, and these were goals. This was a goal of Michael's for uh, like a childhood goal was to get to the point that he could own a race team and grow a race team and grow it to an international level like he's doing with Andretti Global. I mean, the, the, the shop that they announced here in Fishers, Indiana, it's a $200 million facility. It's a beautiful, amazing facility. Backs up to an airport. I don't know too many Formula One teams in Europe that back up to an airport and have that kind of convenience. So, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely thought out every aspect of it. He's got a great group of minds behind him as well, as I believe that's what the smartest people do. So I certainly hope that that's something work, that works out. And I, I'm sure it will because it's, it's, it's a, a ton of effort going into it. And a, a, a ton of brilliant minds, as you said, Jonathan. Hey, Adam, that was in, I had not heard that about Michael. That that was, a, you know, the business side of motorsports was has been his dream as a kid. That's cool. But also, I hadn't heard any details about uh, the headquarters. So it's backed up to an airport, which that is really cool. But you say it's too. What 200? would happen if you and I had a place backing up the airport? There'd be <laughs> well, like yeah. some midnight runs. <laughs> I know what's happening. There's, there's that too. I've spent some time on an airport. I know. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but, can we admit it? How long has it been? Yeah. But okay. any other details that are public about the Andretti headquarters? You know, th- those are pretty much it. Uh, you can, you know, any kind of quick internet search will get you pretty much everything I told you there too. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it's it'll be a beautiful facility. It doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, it's not far off looking of, of McLaren's headquarters um, in England as far as the, the half moon kind of thing with the waterfront uh, type deal in front. But it, it, it will be a beautiful facility. I believe uh, there's much more than just, uh, you know, race teams inside. I believe there will be an Andretti Museum, um, you know, and, and, you know, Newman Haas just put up a, an auction on almost all of their uh, race cars from their history. So there's going to be a ton of uh you know i think there's going to be a lot of stuff there and it's going to be pretty exciting i I know everyone in the family we're so excited and so proud of michael and and uh, what he's doing with the with the brand and the power of the brand you know what guys we are we are almost out of time and we got to talk moto gp because we got first we got adam andretti we got one of the world's foremost experts of moto gp actually (laughs) hey adam i'll start with it was not a great day for mark marquez huh (laughs) <laughs> no, that was a, that was a bummer. Um, you know, he, not he, his fault. Not his fault. He got he got a little bit of tail happy there. Great corner speed. Uh, when poor Fabio, happy he's okay. Fabio suffered a second crash. I don't know if you guys knew that, but on the motor scooter ride back to the paddock, the motor Marshall hit another scooter head on. Oh. So they were, he was lucky to have his crash helmet on still. So everything everyone's okay. Said so the marshal was a little shook up. But uh, the second crash was was faster, as fast as he said, as the first crash. Uh, so imagine <laughs> how fast the marshal was going on the scooter. But uh, glad everyone's okay. Takanakagami, that was just such a bummer deal for him. And, and but oh my gosh, when when a rider is on the ground in front of a field of riders at the start, all of our hearts jump out of our chest because you just you're hoping yep. for the best and and not to see you know what what can what can obviously happen. So everyone's able to avoid him, but. Uh, what a race. I mean, the Ducatis uh, sealed their, their constructor championship for the third year in a row. Um, Anea Bastianini, boy, Peko Benyaya better get that championship this year because when he's on one of the red bikes, he has got a formidable competitor. Yeah. Yeah. We, hey, and we've got a wide open championship now. 17 points. To go. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a heck of a ride all the way up to the end. They go to Motegi by Friday. Hopefully the Typhoons. Uh, won't play uh, a role in, in their weekend. I know that the typhoons are threatening in the area, so um, hopefully they can get the race uh, uh, done over the weekend because it'd be great to get back to Japan. It'd be great to, to see Suzuki uh, have one last home Grand Prix before they pull the curtain shut on their MotoGP program. And, Why have they done that, Adam? Uh, in money, right? It, it, this is a sport that's driven by finances, and, and uh, I think the financial climate, you know, Suzuki is a very, very small brand to begin with, so I think the financial climate has, has kind of forced Suzuki hand, unfortunately. Hey, Adam, we got about 30 seconds. Tell us where the American riders, there's some movement there. Uh, Cameron Bobier, going to come back to the U.S. We're going to get to watch yeah. Cameron kick yeah. some butt again here in Moto America. He'll be back to Moto America. It haven't been announced what bike he'll be on, but I'm going to guess 
It'll be uh, a Yamaha, and we're also going to see Cameron Bob. Oh, not Cameron Bob. Yeah, sorry, Joe Roberts. Uh, float around again. Uh, Ital Trans wanted to have him for another year. He has not announced where he's landed. A lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. It will be with another top Moto2 team. Joe Roberts, I, I believe he is our American future over there. He's a, such a fantastic talent. We love him as a young man, and, and uh, we wish him the absolute best always. All right, everybody. Thanks, uh, Adam. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Fantastic to have you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Linus Lundquist. Follow him. Oh, yeah. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in, however you tuned in. And we will talk to you next Sunday night, same time. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. Thank you. Ciao, y'all. <laughs>